Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Doing well, doing well. We have a couple things to go over yeah. be before we can retire and say everything's fine now. <laughs> All the warmongers have disappeared. Now we are going to have peace in our time. But there's a few things going on that seems to be leading us to the perpetual wars forever. But uh, there's a little war going on, you know, within uh, the big wars and the little war, which evolved and uh, came about last week. It was over Tucker Carlson. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's going. You know, we there's a lot more news about it and what was happening in behind the scenes. <laughs> you know, the one thing was, you know, it was probably out, but I didn't catch it. But he, he didn't know anything until 10 minutes yeah, before. Crazy. That doesn't say much about the people he worked for, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's such a thing as courtesy even when you have to fire somebody. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> there were some people that were very, very happy to yeah. see him go. AOC was happy. She made a video where she was just giddy. She was, oh, yeah. Oh, that's, she was well, I imagine they're doing that at uh, Boeing and a few other uh, yeah. military-industrial complex yeah. uh, places. So <clears throat> they're, they're happy to see him go. DOD people, admit, admittedly, thought yeah. so. Even though they, they were part of the problem leading up uh, to, uh, you know, the conflict on what to do because they admitted, you know, it looks like we can't ever win this war. Yeah. And, uh, and they know that, and yet they're still doing the uh, war, the warmongering. And, uh, he, he, you know, I think this is interesting that uh, just, a, just the last week or so, uh, we had an announcement by RFK to run for president. Yeah. And boy, there's, a, there's an outburst. I mean, oh, he, you know, it's sad. He's from this family and they've had their problems. All, but boy, does the establishment hate his guts. Yeah. <laughs> the, not only the military industrial complex, but the pharmaceutical industrial yeah. complex. So here they go. They get rid of, uh, it's not so much they're all in one category, but they're in the category of being anti-war. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, therefore, uh, you, you know, they hit two of them this week. RFK, you know, they're really hitting hard and they say he, he's over with. There's no way, you know, he can ha do much good. Of course, we think there's a lot of ways he can have a lot of influence and in how the politics uh, pans out. Uh, there's nobody knows exactly on that. But also, uh, you know, the next day, they thought, well, boy, are they excited now because the mouthpiece yeah. who was really reaching a lot of people and talking to a lot of people and certainly uh, adhered to a lot of the things that we believe in that, uh, you know, you, you have to be honest up front and admit uh, some of the things that are going wrong. And the more I read about <coughs> some of his program, he was not bashful. Oh, oh, <laughs> he yeah. was willing to take on anybody, everybody, and that probably aggravated him. In a way, that's sort of the attitude, uh, in, you know, about Trump. Uh, he, he takes on anybody, and nothing is sacred, and he, uh, he gets people... It's a different subject, but I think the attitudes were the same, but Trump let them have it where everybody else said it, but they didn't want to say it out loud. <laughs> so, so anyway, I, I, I think it's, it's a bad story. Hopefully some good will come from it. <clears throat> I can't imagine Tucker just fading away and you never hearing about him. 
And uh, I believe that he believes the, the principles that he had talked about for so many years. Yeah, I mean, I think it says everything you need to say about America's foreign policy and who runs foreign policy. And put that first clip up, please. And this is a political piece. I think it says everything you need to know that the top brass at the Pentagon are cheering his departure. <laughs> um, if we have that first clip up there, there we go. This is from Politico. Good riddance. Political ofi Pentagon officials cheer Tucker Carlson's ouster. The former Fox host ridiculed top DOD leaders over Biden-era policies. Now, that's one thing they can't stand, Dr. Paul. You know, they never win wars, but they get awfully angry if you remind them of that. They've got all sorts of other things in place that are way more important than winning wars. The woke agenda and all this <laughs> oh, stuff. Yeah. So they're furious. And you know, we know through our discussions with Colonel McGregor how politicized the military is, the top brass of the military. They don't focus on winning wars. They focus on social issues. And they also focus on something else, which I know you know very well. Once they retire, these generals, they do one of two things. Either they become top contributors at CNN and all of these places, all the spooks, all the top Pentagon people, or they go and work for the military-industrial complex, which, which produces things for a military that never wins war. So either way, that top brass is looking out for the next tier when they start to really make the big bucks. So having someone like Tucker Carlson with a huge audience <coughs> ridiculing everything about them that weakens our country, really, it makes us incapable of fighting wars, that makes them furious, and I think that's why they're so thrilled that he's gone, that thorn in their side. You know, the, the establishment sometimes, they have the power and the money, and it looks like they have absolute control, but there, there's evidence that they're not so smart. <clears throat> and I, I think of the last week's episode of uh, the elitists came out and, and, and uh, said that uh, uh, they were going to change the way they were <laughs> going to add to advertise a Bud Light. Yeah. And it turned out that they were completely wrong. I think they were caught <laughs> off guard, and the people were way ahead of them versus the elite who had all the money and the power. And I'm not even sure anybody got fired over that. But that's sort of the way the people reacted to, uh, uh, to Tucker. You know, uh, the money people, and it, they wanted it to look like, you know, the politicians and the money people and uh, everybody just hate his guts, and they probably do. But uh, the, uh, the people loved it, the vote for this. You know, if you're going to, you, you, I, I talk about two types of democracy. One where they t take over the government and you become the dictatorship of the majority versus democracy in the marketplace. So what was the market saying about, uh, about Tucker? <laughs> the they were voting for Tucker and all his, his, uh, his positions he was taking. So, and that's what drives people, that's what drives the establishment nuts, you know, because they, they've gotten away with it for so long, even before they even talked about the military industrial complex, yeah. you, you know, uh, it's been known throughout our history, really, especially since the beginning of the last century, we were uh, in the last century, that people recognized that the, that the business people were always uh, behind it, uh, behind all the spending. Yeah. Well, here's an example of what the establishment thinks about him. Let's put on this next. This is a tweet from Max Boot, who, you know, is the top neocon, uh, at least in his own mind, but he's definitely a neocon. He's got his Ukraine flag up there. Uh, and he quotes someone from the Politico article. We're a better country without him bagging on our military every night in front of hundreds of thousands of people, said one senior DOD official. Now, a couple of corrections. 
not hundreds of thousands, millions of people every night. And he's not bagging on the military, he's bagging on the perfumed princes who run the Pentagon. And that's a huge difference. But what does this tell you about these top officials, Dr. Paul? The fact that the Pentagon, which is supposed to be apolitical, is cheering the silencing of a voice in American dialogue. Actually, it's very anti-American to cheer the fact that one of your voices has been silenced, even if it's an opposition voice. They don't want to have a competitive battle of ideas. They want to shut everyone up who doesn't think like they do. If we can put, here's a couple of quotes from that piece, the political piece. If we can put that next one on, this is lays up the bill of particulars for why Tucker Carlson was so unpopular with the top brass. From military flight suits to diversity policies to Ukraine aid, the military was a favorite punching bag for Tucker Carlson. Now I would say military leadership, that's key. Now that he's off the air, some Pentagon officials are quietly cheering his departure. Now this is the part that's interesting. Carlson's criticism of Biden-era personnel policies appealed to many of the rank and file, which has a large block of conservative members. But at the upper echelon levels of the Defense Department, news of Carlson's firing on Fox News on Monday was met with delight and outright glee in some corners. And Politico is doing a bit of a disservice because they're not making enough of a distinction between the politicized high leadership and the massive rank and file who are the ones that are going to bleed on the battlefield. Yeah, and there's a couple areas where you can talk about the upper end, you know, in the uh, financial area and uh, who's making money off it. But at the upper end of the political parties, too, you know, they, they get together so often on this foreign policy, but they're looking forward to the future. They, too, might get a job just like a general might get a job as well. And, uh, and we have another example today that uh, sort of uh, interests because they, they get together on big things and the military is the, the one thing, but they have to, you know, even when I, my made our, I consider a modest attempt to try to prevent some of the things going on in the Middle East, uh, it wasn't like they, they gave me nice coverage. Yeah, <laughs> Remember the one that I think it started off by the first thing we do is we cancel my appearance at the debate. Oh, he's going to talk about non-intervention yeah. foreign policy. Yeah, no. And we know that's wrong. Yeah. That's, that's, un, that's unseemly. It's unconstitutional not to defend your country. Anyway, that's a old history. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's, if you do the next one, here's something that, depend, that he said. And he said many things in the show. He criticized many things about Biden's military leadership. We can, so, and here's Tucker. He says, so we've got new hairstyles and maternity flight suits. Pregnant women are going to win and fight our wars. It's a mockery of the U.S. military, he said. And then that's when Kirby, you know, the spokesman for the National Security Council, a guy who is really one of my least favorite people on earth, Kirby fought back and he said, what we absolutely won't do is take personnel advice from a talk show host or the Chinese military in his typical dumb fashion because the Chinese military had nothing to do with it. But I wanted to add this other thing, Dr. Paul, to what we're saying because this whole thing that we're seeing is the military brass, the top people, the perfume prince is furious that Tucker pointed out all of their shortcomings, let's put it that way, to them. But the other thing is at the same time that the military cannot meet its recruiting goals. And here's an opinion piece from the Epic Times, if we can put this next one up. Uh, I think that addresses that perfectly and it dovetails exactly what we're saying here. It's can a woke military win wars? And it's an interesting op-ed piece. And I'm going to just do a couple of things from it, Dr. Paul, if you'll indulge me. Because if you don't mind putting that next one up, 
this is what he's taking a point in. It's very, very important. For a couple years now, the U.S. military has had a serious recruitment problem. This really isn't a surprise. Our leaders have injected the entire menu of radical woke ideology into the issues of the military, into the tissues of the military establishment. General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, worries about, quote, white rage and supports teaching critical race theory to the troops. When Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin took office under Joe Biden, he issued a 60-day stand-down order on the entire military in pursuit of battling extremism and achieving, ex and achieving equity in the military. And if we could do the next one, this is the last one on this, and this is like why they can't attract people. Uh, in March 22, the Biden administration announced a new policy under which people suffering from gender dysphoria would not only be allowed to serve in the military, but would also have their gender reassignment surgery paid for by taxpayers. And this is the last thing that's important. Traditionally, conservative families, especially conservative working class families, supplied a large percentage of military recruits. Those families aren't thrilled by the intrusion of such politically correct sentiments into an institution hitherto marked by its commitment to traditional moral and, and martial values. They aren't interested in sending their children to be catechized by American Marxists or apostles of sexual erotica. So that's an, that's an intimate point. So on the one hand, you got the woke military. Nobody wants to join it. You know, isn't there a slogan or something they use in advertising? Join all you can be. That's used to be. Yeah. <laughs> now it's now, be something now else. it is. Now they they don't believe that anymore. Yeah. You mean truth won out, and that's why the people aren't joining up. You know, <laughs> so that that is uh, where we are. But I um, I think that uh, this is uh, something that uh, is is amazing. And hopefully it'll turn people around and say enough of a enough yeah. of this is enough. But uh, it would be interesting because Tucker's going to still be a leader. He can't fade away. You know, no, no matter what they do. You know, uh, uh, old talk show hosts just don't fade <laughs> away. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, it, it's good to see those guys squirming. But you know, most of their activity is behind the scenes and it's sinister, it's firing people, and it doesn't get out in the open like this. So uh, I think a lot of people are going to say, hey, this, this is a really a mess. They've gone too far. And, uh, you know, even the people who might think that I don't have the, the right foreign policy might say that, well, uh, you know, the foreign policy we have isn't the right foreign policy yeah. either. And uh, I think we've had some guidelines with a proper foreign policy, and there's people out there, and they've been in government, and they will provide that. But that's that's really a motivation behind here because it's interesting to me because you know the the incident with J, uh, RFK, yeah. and when I think of the 1960s, how horrible that was, and uh, and now we come along, and and uh, there were several things with Tucker, but. I will continue to believe that uh, his position on uh, on foreign policy and the military and a war was probably the big one. Yeah, for the most part, he was good on it. But, you know, there's always this support to military. And I know when you were running, the top military brass and the retired military brass did not like you at all. Oh. However, as we know, and as le is as legendary, the rank and file loved you. And in fact, even with their low salaries, they gave you the most money of any candidate. So... 
that just goes to show that when you have that kind of disconnect between the political leadership of the military and the people that are fighting the wars, I think that's dangerous. But they don't obviously think so because they want to fight Russia and China at the same time. So I don't know how they're going to do that. But speaking of comical issues, let's put up that next clip because you, mentioned, you, you noticed this this morning and sent it over to me. We both got a good laugh. House resolution would declare U.S. policy is to seek Ukrainian victory. And this was introduced by none other than our favorite Representative Joe Wilson, who not long ago introduced a resolution to put a huge bust of Zelensky permanently in the Capitol. But now he wants to uh, now he wants to put in a resolution affirming that our goals are victory for Ukraine. I'm sure that'll do it. Yeah, that, that sure will. And uh, he has a co-sponsor. Oh, OK, it, good. It, uh, it, it's bipartisan. Cohen, you know, oh. so Stephen, I think his name is. Oh, yeah. So they, they get together and show that uh, we're coming together on this. And that's what the people want, bipartisanship. And, of course, I've criticized that in the past. We, we, we want cooperation on issues that are correct and constitutional. Yes, bring them pe- people together, but not to put this pressure on only political shenanigans go on. Well, we're coming together. And, of course, you're, you're going to hear a lot of that when they come up with the solution about raising the debt limit. Yeah. Well, they're gonna, they, they always raise the debt limit. And I saw the other day one bank was in trouble and it borrowed from the Fed $100 billion. We should try that. (laughs) Why do people think $100 billion and it's tiding them over and they'll do whatever they need? What? Where where, where do they get the authority to? Oh, the Fed. The Fed's the authority. The the members of Congress don't vote on this. They don't even think about it. And they're delighted that the the banking crisis has been calmed down for another week. (laughs) So that that, that to me is positively amazing. Uh, But it will be it will be bipartisan, you know, uh, when they when they deal with this uh, deficit and the war. But what we would like to encourage more people to be independent minded. And if they get a position where somebody will listen to you, or you can present your ideas. And somebody like Tucker, like we say, he didn't he wasn't with us on all the issues, but he was he was accomplishing a whole lot. And, uh, and, and made, you know, made people stop and think. That's why I'm interest, very interested in RFK. Yeah. Because if, if you see an RFK saying the same things that a person like Tucker is saying, uh, you don't say, well, each one gave up all their beliefs. It would be that some of their beliefs crossed each other and they come together, you know, uh, the pharmaceuticals uh, for yeah. that reason. So what we want to get more people to join in uh, rather than getting more people to join in uh, because they've sacrificed what they believe in, but join in because they agree on certain issues. Yes, absolutely. Well, with this whole resolution of Joe Wilson, I I have to say he's not the smartest guy, but that doesn't say much. So all of our military equipment we sent over there is failing. All of the billions we've shipped over there is failing. So they've come up with a final idea. We're going to win this war by passing a resolution. (laughs) And this resolution affirms that it's the policy of the United States to see Ukraine victorious against the invasion and restored to its internationally recognized 1991 borders. They may as well pass a resolution, Dr. Paul, to give everyone a nice shiny rainbow unicorn in the U.S. because that will have about as much effect. But if you go to the next clip, this tells you everything you need to know about congressional staffers. 
and I can say this with direct knowledge as a former staffer, this is from the same article, a congressional staffer who supports the resolution told Yahoo that the bill, quote, demonstrates the wide support in Congress for Ukrainian victory. We all need to move beyond as long as it takes and embrace Ukraine victory as our rallying cry in order for Ukraine to win the war this year. I would suggest to this young staffer, my guess is it is a young staffer, that if he or she wants to ensure Ukraine's victory, he or she could do more than sitting in Congress talking about resolutions. I'm sure there are plenty of spots in the front line. I, I can state this, even though I don't have proof of this, but I'd be willing to bet a couple dollars that she doesn't work for Thomas Mass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, that, so, so that represented, of course, the boss's uh, position. Yeah. And uh, that's how most of them get their jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, we'll see. The thing is, we were talking about before the show, as really dumb as this resolution is, I don't think, I don't, I think it might, it could pass. Do you think? I don't want to think about that. <laughs> that that's, that's too bad. No, that is that is always possible uh, because it might be seen as a sign of a, a, a weak, a weak approach to foreign policy. You know, they, you don't want to. How are you ever going to confront China if you're not willing to, you know, uh, sign on to resolutions like this? Uh, we we have to do this. No, I I I really hope you're wrong on that <laughs> possibility. But that is a possibility, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the final thing that we want to talk about a little bit uh, is our old friend and foe, Anthony Fauci. He went over to the New York Times, Dr. Paul, and gave an extensive interview. He explained everything. I feel bad that we were so critical of him all this time because he's really just a good guy. And ultimately, we have some things from the interview, but ultimately the problem was he blamed us, but he also blamed science. So even though he is the science, the science was the problem. Yeah, they have a habit of doing that, and they continue and they continue to do this. You know, this whole thing about masks and everything. Oh, there's some people you think, well, they would give up. They should be embarrassed. But uh -huh. uh, you know, a nihilist never gets embarrassed, and they never have guilt, and they never have shame uh, because they they work with an assumption that most everybody else who criticizes them, they don't know what they're talking about and only they know what to talk about because they have the license to lie. They, they really do, and that's hard to understand, but it took me a while to believe that could be true. Then I got to thinking about how we got into wars. Uh, you, you know, when, when I read the early, uh, in the early years, the history of how uh, uh, FDR maneuvered us into war, I considered that a treasonous statement. There's no possible, there's no way they could do that. But when you read the details, and, and then you, you see their justification and rationalization, oh, this is the best thing to do because we'll save lives by doing it. And, uh, and they'll, they'll rationalize this. But that, that to me is, is so bad because they, they are literally justify, uh, you, you know, deceiving the people, lying and, and disobeying the Constitution. They have no meaning whatsoever. And that's why we have a struggle because I think most of the people would just assume that the members of the Congress take their oath of office seriously. Yeah. But uh, that's not the way it is. No, unfortunately. Well, let's put up this next clip. This is Fox News. This is a tweet from Fox News about the interview that Fauci gave. Go back one if we can, please. Um, Fauci, uh, back, back. Yeah, there we go. Fauci absolves himself of responsibility <laughs> for lockdowns in testing new interview. 
show me a school that I shut down. Um, and if we do this next one, this is a quote from the New York Times interview. He says, this is Fauci talking, certainly there could have been a better understanding of why people were emphasizing the economy. But when people say Fauci shut down the economy, it wasn't Fauci. I love how he talks about himself in the third person, you know, <laughs> like he's God or a king or something. It wasn't Fauci. The CDC was the organization that made these recommendations. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was the CDC. It was Walensky. I happen to be perceived as the personification of the recommendations. <laughs> it's so self-aggrandizing. But show me a school that I shut down and show me a factory that I shut down. Never. I never did. I gave a public health recommendation that echoed the CDC's recommendation, and people made a decision based on that. And this is the thing that gets me. But I never criticized the people who had to make these decisions one way or the other. That's a bold-faced lie. It sort of reminds me of how they curtailed First Amendment rights. You know, the uh, social media cooperated with the business community. The business community uh, works with social media, and social media does the canceling. uh, uh, But at that behest of of, uh, the FBI and other people. And I got to thinking, well, why, why that's convenient for them is because all libertarians like to think it through. Well, if it's if it's if it's your personal house or your personal business or your or, or your uh, personal opinion and your your personal newspaper that you don't want to immediately start regulating, and there's yeah. a lot of that going on right now. They want pro- some of the the some want to uh, uh, you know prohibit uh, you know uh, the use. But that that, that to me is uh, amazing that they can turn around and what would the government say? We didn't do it. Don't look at we us. Didn't re- we didn't uh, regulate any First Amendment. We're just a little sneaky about it. Yeah. We know how to do this and not get blamed. And I think Bauchi believes that's a that, matter of fact. I think they think that's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, yeah. look at what we've done. But I just hope that he finally wakes up and say well, some morning, you know, maybe it wasn't so smart. Yeah, maybe he will. But uh, punishment will not come to him in this life. <laughs> Probably if you did a search of our shows during the pandemic, I hate even calling it that, during the virus, and searched for Fauci and flip-flop, we probably have 15 <laughs> episodes, right? But he claims that he never changed, he never flip-flopped. But here's another bombshell that come out of this interview, if you can put this up. I mean, this is just ridiculous. So this is Fauci saying, it's a good point in general, but I disagree with your premise a bit. Listen to this. From a broad public health standpoint, at the population level, masks work at the margins, maybe 10%. So he's admitting that masks don't work, only in the tiny margins. And then he says, but I think anything that instigated or intensified culture wars just made things worse. And so this, and I have to be honest with you, David, when it comes to masking, I don't know. Oh, is, did he tell the truth there? Yeah. Finally, uh, tell the truth. He'll, he'll have to change. He'll have to uh, address that and explain how he he, he blurted out the truth. That's oh, amazing. So. Well, if there's one more that actually that I would put on to segue into our second part of our last thing. <laughs> if you look around, look at this uh, one next one. Actually, go ahead. One when you look around, I like this part, Dr. Paul, and you'll appreciate this too from the interview. If we can put that next one up. It starts with, and I remember saying, uh, go forward one. There we go. Okay. So here's what Fauci said. I can't believe we did the worst of any country. We did so terrible. I don't know, but well, no one else did that great. He said, this is one of the outbreaks. You're absolutely right. When you look around, nobody did great. 
except maybe one or two countries. Dot, dot, dot. Which were those? The ones we were talking about the whole time. Sweden, <laughs> basically all of Africa, which didn't have any restrictions. Uh, you know, India, which didn't take the shot. So, yeah, there were one or two Fauci. There were one or two. And I'm going to put one last one up because this is a segue. This is a uh, medical doctor and a, and a uh, public health professional. I think it's from the UC system, University of California system. This is a great tweet. If you can put this next one out. This is Vishay... Uh, Vinay Prashad, and he makes a great point, Dr. Paul. Why can't a reporter ask him, why did you run zero randomized trials of masking or any NPI? You controlled the NIAID budget. Why did you campaign against DeSantis' school reopening? And those are some questions, among many more, that he should be asked. Yeah. He wouldn't have gotten a decent answer. You, you know, this... This idea of doing uh, less rather than more is sort of like in economics. They did very little in 1921, and the downturn, which the Fed created, was over in a year. And then they changed the rules, you know, with uh, Roosevelt and Keynesianism, and it lasted for 15 years. Yeah. You add up all the years, and it didn't, it didn't go away until after the war was over. So uh, doing less sometimes is very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, uh, you know, I, I think there's an oath that was around a long, long time ago. First, do no harm. Yeah. <laughs> do no Let's harm. Go back to that. Politicians ought to listen to it, but even the doctors now can't listen to it, or they'll get canceled. Yeah. The ones yeah. who wanted to prevent the harm, they got into big trouble. That, to me, is really sad. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we move toward the end of the month, Dr. Paul, I do want to again mention our sponsor for this month, forpatriots.com, and we're very grateful for their sponsorship. It helps us keep the show going. But they want to let you know that you need a generator. We, our power system is aging. It's subject to gunfire, to other attacks. It only is going to take a couple of power plants being taken out that could put us into darkness for even months at a time uh, and would cause great problems. You won't be able to communicate. You've got your medical devices. You've got your, you know, you've got your, your telephones you need to charge. Well, they've got some solutions. The Patriot Power Generator 2000X is a new and improved solar generator. It gives you 2,000 watts of power. Now, it's not a whole house generator, but the advantage is that it is portable. You can take it with you. You can use it where you wish, and you can keep yourself surviving for days, if not months. Your fridge, your microwave, your CPAP. The good folks over at 4Patriots.com are going to give you a discount if you want to look into this. You just use the code RON and get 10% off your first purchase of anything in the store not just the generator. We talked about food last month. You can get 10% off of everything, including, of course, this generator. They're going to give you free shipping with every order over $97 and a legendary money-back guarantee. Just go to 4 and I will include the link here. Type in Ron, get your discount, get your generator, and you'll be all set. Very good. Yeah. I'm going to uh, go back to the mask for uh, a br brief uh, quote on yeah, this. The, yeah. the new study, it says masks may. They didn't say they had absolute proof, but you point out why. Nobody did any testing when they should have been doing the testing, yeah. you know, in the midst of the epidemic. 
The mask may increase cognitive decline in kids, stillbirth, testicular dysfunction. Wow. I think most people knew of that. I mean, their stories were out there, but it wasn't tested the way it should, should have been. So that's why they have to say may have. But there's just a lot, including myself, believe that there were a lot and continue to be because some, some people are still using these oh, masks yeah, and, yeah. and ma mandating it. But uh, they, and they're saying may have contributed significantly to stillbirths when worn by pregnant women. That uh, they used to stream us to yeah. watch uh, watch uh, the making those women wear that inhibit you, you know breathing air, breathing yeah. oxygen, yeah. as well as cognitive decline in children and testicular dysfunction among other serious health. That that is that is so bad. This is iatrogenic, yeah. which means it's doctor created because we're write, writing rules and either in this we're giving them the, the wrong rules. Uh, iatrogenic usually means too that if you give them the wrong medicine or you give them the wrong treatment. This is the wrong treatment. Yeah. So those diseases are iatrogenic and uh, it's, it's just a, a, a sad story, especially and I've already said it once I hate to keep repeating myself but the people who knew what was going on and there were some uh, doctors who uh, lost their privileges and and their research uh, efforts and all oh, this and and uh, they they were they did this and and it, they lost it because they were telling the truth about this and uh, and then Fauci I think he got paid pretty well for his he was a pretty good fibber yeah. because he 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 was able to deceive Republicans and Democrats and stay there. He has to be a textbook uh, uh, example of how a bureaucrat can get, how the worst can get to the top, yeah. par paraphrasing Hayek. You know, and they, they, he was the worst and he got to the very top, but uh, he's explaining himself, so we'll, we'll be reassured that uh, it was uh, not intentional. Yeah. <laughs> well, you make a good point. They purposely deceived the American people. They knew better they purposely deceive them, but you know that's why I think we're in a crisis as a society because the um, we know now they purposely deceived us on Ukraine with the Pentagon leaks. We know they were saying one thing when they knew something else. Ukraine couldn't win. The the, the Blinken Biden Russian disinformation Hunter laptop. They knew better. They still purposely deceived us. It's a real problem. But if we can go ahead because this is the study, and I just want to read one sentence from it. Uh, if we go next. This is the article about the study, but here's the actual study um, from Helion. Uh, possible toxicity of chronic carbon dioxide exposure associated with face mask use, particularly in pregnant women, children, and adolescents. And go to the next one. These are the results of that scientific test they did. And you know about this stuff better than I do, Dr. Paul. I am not a scientist. Fresh air has around 0.04% CO2. While wearing masks more than five minutes, there is a possible chronic exposure to carbon dioxide of 1.41 to 3.2% of inhaled air. Though the buildup is usually within the short-term exposure limits, long-term exceedances and consequences must be considered due to the data. Um, they talk about uh, mammal, mammals chronically exposed to 0.3% CO2, increased risk of stillbirth, uh, and a tetra, I don't even know the word, Dr. Paul, tetrogenicity with irreversible neuron damage to offspring, et cetera, et cetera. So th those numbers are insane. 0 0.04 is what you usually get, and you get up to 3.2 if you keep this thing on? You know, you know uh, over the years, and just remembering 
growing up and the different diseases, quarantines were accepted. And I accept uh, under certain diseases, quarantines makes a lot of sense because yeah. some diseases are, are very infectious and they spread readily. So, uh, but if, uh, if they don't, if they uh, the quarantine, but it, it is di different than, uh, you, you know, putting on these masks, yeah. you know, there's, I can't recall or read about any example, why didn't they show us pictures in, in the last two or three hundred years where, boy, what we really did the solution to this was to wear a mask. Why not just the 20th century when they knew about masks? I don't, I don't know of any time where somebody had evidence that this was a good practice, and yet they marched on and punished people who were willing to disagree. And, and the, the real punishment was the destruction of the uh, to allowing a debate and conversation, yeah. which is uh, what medicine is all about. Because uh, you know, and the also tolerance. A lot of things have been uh, learned uh, almost uh, not by accident, but by observant doctors who would say, "Oh, you know what? I was doing A, B, C, and all of a sudden for this, and all of a sudden something else happened." Yeah. And it's a lead. It's a lead, and they get into it. But, but oh, that would be hypocrisy. And yeah. they, they, you'd, then you'd lose your license, lose your license. Uh, very quickly if you started talking like that. It's a shame. But uh, it's uh, hopefully, you know, as time goes on, because I think we're better off on, on the COVID thing than we were two or three years ago. Yeah. But the whole thing is, is if they're able, they have so much control, yeah. you know, that if next month something something came come, comes out, uh, they'll get the hysteria going again, yeah. uh, unless uh, we do a better job in exposing <laughs> the heathens. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was gonna say. I just wrote a note down, get ready, because they'll do it again. <laughs> so I'll just close by thanking our audience uh, for watching the show. Please hit like. Please subscribe if you're not subscribed. Please pass the show around so we can build our numbers and try to get the word out. We do our best to try to get the best information out to you. Go to ronpaulinstitute.org also and subscribe to free updates there. And get your tickets for our conference on June 3rd. We're going to probably at least probably announce a couple of speakers tomorrow. So it's going to be a great event. Very so good. Back to you, Dr. Paul. And I, too, want to make sure that the invitation is loud and clear to see as many of you that can make it to the conference on the 3rd because we look forward to it. It's beneficial to us. And hopefully it'll be beneficial to all who come. And all I like to hear about is people, you know, I met so-and-so at one of your conferences. And every, every once in a while they have long-term relationship at the conferences because it's sort of nice to be in a place where they're sort of like-minded people now you know with the government being involved in speech and everything that we do and and, and whether or not you're following the rules of diversity you know it's it's pretty tough but uh we certainly uh, appreciate the benefits and the support that, that you give us and by visiting our show. Please pass the message around about the Liberty Report. And please come back to view the Liberty Report soon.